Welcome back, Coyotes fans. And the only thing that's also returned to the Valley besides Hope is Chase. He's back from another vacation, which I don't know how he affords because we don't pay him. But anyways, I'm Tyler. Join with me as always, Stathead Grandy and my main man Chase. Welcome back again, boys. How are you doing? Pretty good. Getting uh, getting excited about the future of the Coyotes, that's for sure. That's, I mean, just more stuff that we're going to talk about later on the pod. How about you, Chase? How are you doing? Oh, you know, doing pretty good. Just got back from vacation, like Tyler said. It's always uh, needed to get away and recharge a little bit, but definitely felt like I was missing out talking to you boys and talking everything Coyotes hockey. So definitely glad to be back in that aspect, even though, you know, wish I could still be on vacation. But, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, excited of what is, uh, you know, transpiring right now and, like the direction and the building blocks that we've got going on and ready to get this thing rocking and rolling. Hopefully we get some good deep runs coming up here in a couple of years. Tyler, what you been up to, buddy? Oh man. My Twitter has been exploding. My phone is burning hot from all the notifications and checking. I'm sure I've been on hours on Twitter a day, but it's been fun. This has been uh one of the most best feeling drafts. If I can speak good English today. Uh, I've experienced in a while. Uh, I really think uh, GMBA is going in a good direction, but I just wanted to take a minute and thank everyone who showed up for our draft party. Had some good numbers. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was fun talking hockey with you know, all of you guys out there, and we're got some good plans uh, happening. May even do some live game chats and such like that. But uh, So getting into the meat of our episode here, we had a pretty big trade uh, what was it, day before first round, or the day of the first round, excuse me. Uh, we traded a longtime Coyote, one of the few pieces, actually the only piece remaining from the 2012 run, and Captain Oliver Quinn Larson, and a fan, fan favorite, Connor Garland. Uh, I just wanted to pick your boys' uh, brains apart. What do you, uh, how do you feel, especially before the draft? What do you boys feel about it? Well, before the draft... Just the the details of the trade. We got back. So we sent them Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland. We got back essentially three contracts and Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, and Louis Erickson. But the big piece of it is getting back a second round pick next year and the ninth overall pick in this year's draft that just happened. That Honestly, it was a pretty good haul, especially when we had been talking about in our private conversations that we didn't think Garland could get a pick in the top 10 if we traded him. We'd have to add to that. Yet, here we uh, attached one of the worst contracts in the league to him and still got back the ninth overall pick in the second overall pick. Obviously, it is heartbreaking to lose a guy like Garland. He's good, and fans, be prepared. He's going to be good in Vancouver. I'm honestly predicting 70 points he'll hit in Vancouver. Um, but we have to keep in mind, with the direction this team was going, with the talent level that was going to be on this team next year, there was no way he was getting anywhere near that. 
on Vancouver, he's a piece of the team. He's a piece of the offense. Here, he's essentially the guy. Yeah, the guy. The guy. The guy everybody's gunning to shut down. So Great at drawing penalties, though. <laughs> Seconds in the league last year. Gonna miss that for sure. But just getting back a top 10 pick. Getting, in fact, let's just be more specific. Getting back the ninth overall pick in a draft that had nine players in its top tier was incredible. And as we're going to touch on later on, it really paid off. I'm sad to see Garland go. It's heartbreaking seeing him go. I understand the pain and frustration Coyotes fans are going through with that. And even if he hasn't been good the last three, four years, Oliver Ekman Larson was a mainstay on this team. He was the captain. He was our best player for, what, roughly six years? He will be missed as well. I mean, and that's just him as a player. He was one of the most genuine best people in the NHL. Vancouver Vancouver is getting lucky to add a person like him to that city. Uh, but that's really all I have on it until we start getting into the draft later on. Uh, Chase, what were your thoughts? Oh, uh, my first thought was, uh, you know, when we, when we saw this thing go down, um, kind of a little bit of disbelief, um, you know, getting off that contract and, you know, um, seeing Garland go is something that we had pretty much talked about at nauseum that, uh, you know, he was one of those pieces that would fetch us, you know, the highest return and whatnot. Um, thought that I was pretty much prepared for it. And then, you know, read some quotes from Garland and all that good stuff that kind of drew back some emotions and everything like that. Cause he was one of my, not my favorite player, but you know, he was definitely up there as far as players that I liked. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, even though he said that, uh, you know, he was down to be here through another rebuild and, and whatnot, um, he just didn't fit this timeline. And I, I'm not quite sure how, uh, I mean, especially in hindsight, how you turn down the return that we got. Um, we got three expiring nasty contracts back, but plus that uh, ninth overall pick, which we'll hit on, um, and got rid of, even though we had to retain a portion, which is it's still a small portion of OEL's contract. Um, there's just no way you turn that down, being in the position that we're in. Sucks like hell to lose Garland, and I I do think that uh, you know we will miss OEL. He was a great player, great person, like you alluded to, and. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm thrilled with the direction that we're going and, you know, I, I don't think that I would have been able to say no to this deal. So happy, happy with where it's going. And like I guess I will touch on the rest in a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. And, uh, it's no secret that I'm definitely, I, I guess I'll say not the biggest fan of Ekman Larson, uh, the player the play, the way he's been on the ice the past couple of years. It's been no secret. I've, Me and Granny have gotten several conversations about it. You've heard my opinions, Chase, all the time. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that Ekman Larson did the best was he really embraced the Valley 
And as a person both from that wonderful city and area, I like that about him. I like that he genuinely did care about the Valley and did all kinds of organizations, especially with the late Nicardo. That was just absolutely fantastic. As a person, Nickman Larson is 100% one of the best Coyotes you've ever had. At least, especially top three. Him and Doan maybe be, be tied. Uh, and Garland, I'm a huge fan. I love how he, he you know, was able to uh, draw penalties. I like his play, his attitude, his hardworking thing. He's a homegrown kid. Um, but if it, if those two were the price and some bad contracts of, in a way, getting our future back after he who should not be named kind of screwed us, to say the least, I think it's worth the long run. The pain will hurt, yes, and he's going to kill it in Vancouver, and I hope OEL gets his resurgence. I really do. I, I really hope that he's able to get back to his old form and prove me wrong, essentially. Um, but with the first pick and then getting able to see uh, Bill Armstrong, almost said Bruce Armstrong, uh, get our future back has been is awesome. This draft has been, like as I've alluded to in the intro, very exciting. And I'm uh, ready to kind of get into it, boys, uh, if you guys are ready. Um, so our first round pick, a Dylan Genther, I hope I said that right, seems pretty exciting. Uh, Granny, you've been saying he's a pure goal scorer or something we haven't really had ever, if this may be the first time, maybe in a long time, maybe. Uh, care to elaborate a little bit more for us? Yeah, so he's he's just an offensive fire. Uh, he's full of offensive firepower, an offensive powerhouse. His best attribute is going to be his goal scoring, but he's a better playmaker than I gave him credit for during the draft. He'll get us. He'll, he'll get us some assists, definitely. But his number one thing that he is going to give us is a sniper. We've been searching for a true legitimate goal scorer on the wing since Kachuk. Uh, I mean, we've made do we've made do with the redeemed verbatas of the world, but they've always just been stop gaps and not true carry the offense type snipers. And I think he has the potential to be that. Um I in my opinion, had he played a full season, had he played a full season of hockey, had the WHL played a full season, I think he would have been in contention for the first overall pick. I think he's that good. He doesn't really have a true weakness to his game. He's really the only prospect in this draft you can even say that about. He's just, he's strong everywhere. And I am, I am incredibly excited for him. What, uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, Chase, let's hear from you. You're back from vacation. Time to dust off the old podcast uh, cobwebs. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. You know, just from what I've read and everything like that, I've I've seen him be anywhere from um, the second rated uh overall draft prospect in this draft all the way up to i think the last one i saw was like seventh or something like that but um the consensus that i was getting from everything that i've read is that he was for sure um on track to probably be at least in the top five but um as as far as value goes um when you get somebody who a lot of people you know say could fall two three four right in that range 
we got this pick at number nine. Um, so huge value there. Um, like Grandy said, he seems to have all the skill set. He's well-rounded. Um, you know, he's going to be a couple years away. The NHL is kind of different from, you know, other leagues like that where these top draft picks, unless they're, you know, just absolute freaks, you know, you know, they take time to develop. I mean, these are young, young kids and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, can't wait to see him. Uh, I'm definitely going to start paying more attention to, you know, lower level hockey and stuff like that going forward as you know I, I haven't really in the past um but it's definitely uh leading to a brighter um you know outlook for us um and i couldn't be any more thrilled and this is obviously the pick that you know we had to give up one of our fan favorites for and then also one of our mainstays and you know take back some bad contracts on but um this when you get that type of value at that pick uh, it makes it all that more worth it, in, in my eyes at least. And uh, I like this, this this piece of the puzzle going forward. Um, what about you, Tyler? What you got? I'm in pretty much agreement. I mean, especially if what he's what's being said is he could have been second overall or even a first overall. I mean, and to snag him, I mean, to have that in our possession, and I'm happy. I'm hopefully he develops good, and we see him in a short time. I hope I'm excited, really excited for the future. I almost wish I can fast forward a couple of years to see these prospects we got today. One in particular, but we'll get into that, of course. Uh, is there anything, I guess I'll say, league-wide, any draft picks you guys are like, holy crap, uh, that just surprised you? Yeah, Ottawa. Going Boucher top 10 was just unreal. What were they thinking? Well, it's Ottawa. The Pierre Maguire effect. Yeah, no kid. It's probably exactly what happened. I would not doubt that he definitely was like, "This is the guy. You have to take this guy. Trust me." And don't get me wrong. It reminds me of almost like the old Coyotes drafts where we'd go completely off the rails and <laughs> tell everybody that you know, oh, we're we're reaching into a different bag for this draft pick or off the board completely. And uh, I mean. The one that comes to mind is Wheeler, and obviously he turned out to be a pretty good goddamn player. But um, mm-hmm. all, not for us. Back. But <laughs> oh boy, that stings. It's always you know you're taking an L when you say we're reaching you to a different bag. Like you know when that's announced that oh yeah, this is an L. It's coming, one hundred percent. This is not going to end well. But besides that pick, oh yeah, go ahead, Granny. Sorry, finish your thought on that. Oh, I was also going to say Chicago's pick at the end. Um, one thing that people have been kind of ripping on the Coyotes for is we took a couple mid-round picks that weren't on a lot of rankings. Chicago took, with their first-round pick, a guy who wasn't on rankings. Um, There's a difference there. We're not the Blackhawks. You know, we're not one of the NHL favorites, as we've discussed in a previous topic, you know? So we definitely get the fire. Well, I'm not... They're getting ripped for it, too. I'm just saying that it was shocking to see it happen live at the time. It's just, there was, I mean, there was a couple shocking picks in that, but nothing stood out like those two, except maybe Jesper Wallstedt fall into 20. That was one that shocked me. I had seen him going as high as six. Dropped all the way down. 
Yeah, and the Minnesota Wild were the lucky beneficiaries. That's, that's the thing about this draft. I keep hearing it, and you've said it several times. You know, this is one that they didn't get a whole lot of scouts on or a whole lot of game playing time. So who knows? This draft maybe looked on as a well. Who knows? Maybe some really good picks kind of slip through. We'll see. Hopefully, they land on our side of luck. Uh, Chase, any closing thoughts before we get on to the next topic? Nope. Um, obviously, it's pretty much the elephant in the room at this point. Yep. We, we left this one off of our surprises for reasons so that we could yep. segue into this one, but I'll uh, take this away. All right. Uh, well, we all know the most surprising pick. Uh, I purposely, in I think, yeah, I put it in little parentheses there, not to say this one. The Haps choosing Logan Mayu. Mayo, I am not a French student by any regards. Um, controversial is saying it a bit understated. Um, the kid says not to be drafted, and they, I guess, Montreal just said, screw it, let's do it anyway. And, uh, well, boys, I know we got opinions on it. And Chase, if you don't mind, man, let me, uh, pick your brain apart. What are you, what are you, uh, thinking about this one? Uh, well. I was just I was about to sigh. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, pretty much watching last night and completely shocked. I mean, there's there's so many lines you can draw into this thing. I mean, there's connections to the whole Chicago thing that we've already touched on here. Um, but just kind of sticking to this, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, no apology by the player has been given to the victim. Um, I just, you know, I mean, the the kid came out before the draft, and I mean, you got to respect this at least part of it that he's like, you know, I'm renouncing or, uh, you know, pulling myself out of the draft. Please don't draft me or whatnot. Um, but at this point, you know, I mean, even hearing other things um, as far as other teams were interested, but not in the first round, just kind of goes to show you that. Like, I mean, he's had to have been in contact with these teams and everything like that. And it's just, uh, this is not a good look. A, for the Habs, obviously. Um, they threw out a statement, you know, minutes after announcing this pick. This isn't a good look for the league. I'm not sure what other teams were in contact or, you know, trying to put something together. But Montreal obviously felt some type of way that they had to take this kid in the first round. Um, you know, it brings back shades of memory of, you know, our draft last year and what ultimately happened there is, you know, we ended up renouncing that pick and, you know, losing it. But um, this is pretty disgusting in its own right. Um, and, I mean, at this point, there's there's no punishment here. Like, I mean, you can call it what you want to call it, but this is definitely justice not served. This kid's going to end up being, you know, having his dream come true and not having any repercussions. Uh, it's just, I mean, I guess it's the type of world we live in these days, uh, but it's just, I mean, I feel like it's very desensitized and I, I, I just, I don't like it at all. And that's all I pretty much have to say. It was pretty disgusting, but um, just completely shocked, to be honest. Well, you, Grandy, you got any uh, thoughts before I go? I just, I was sickened by it. When, during the draft show, when this draft pick happened, there was a series of all of us saying 
some pretty nasty language and just complete shock, followed by 15, 20 seconds of just silence. Like, yeah, that, that was, really just yeah, happened? absolutely. But I think George LaRock said it best. I'm all for giving... This isn't what George LaRock said, so let me clarify. I'm personally all for giving second chances. I'm also, though, think that you need to pay consequences for your actions, and if you don't pay consequences, you're not learning anything from it. And he hasn't paid consequences. Uh, again, George LaRock said it best when he said, how can you say this kid has paid his dues when he's a first-round pick? He didn't even fall in the draft. He went higher than he was expected to. Yeah, and the most ironic part, I think, you know, Utree um, said, you know, had that tweet, pretty good tweet. He said not to draft him, and they drafted him anyway. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm, I was surprised. I mean, obviously, I think everybody was. I think the hockey world was actually shocked. Um, and I, I am all for second chances. I mean, we all make mistakes, you know, but some of us don't do mistakes like that, thankfully. Well, and let's also be real. This isn't a mistake. This Getting is caught. hit. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, obviously. And I guess he it was good of him to pull out of the draft. I think that was the mature thing to do. I think he did the right choice. I just... But, again, if I can of course. just add to this. He fully knew what he was... When he said this, he fully knew he couldn't actually pull out of the draft. He fully knew he was getting picked still when he said, oh, don't take me, pull me, I'm pulling out of the draft. He knew that that statement had no effect, but it would make people sympathize with him No, more. you got a good point there. And I think, and I listened to his interview this morning, he had that one, the one you sent to the group. Uh, he basically was just saying like that. He's like, yeah, I did the mature decision to pull out of the draft. I didn't expect to be drafted. Again, I don't know how true that is. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't with him in the room. Don't know the guy. I can barely pronounce his name for crying out loud. And yeah, like what you boys said, I mean, it really just goes to show. It's like if you're good enough at a sport, you can kind of get away with some things. I mean, I know I had a conversation with a coworker today, huge Islanders fan. Um, and he said, basically, he said, yeah, that was pretty bad, but if a player's done worse, and I mean, I guess he's right, but still, I mean, didn't even fall in the draft you know, first overall. I mean, dang, that really was just like, okay. But I mean, let's well, be honest. It's a problem way of thinking. I mean, to begin with, if you know people have done worse, yeah. But I mean, the, we should be the league that's better. Yeah. We should do as a league do better. And unfortunately, I, I think uh, I don't think Montreal really cared. I think that they understood it was going to get backlash, and they're just kind of hoping that he eventually we just the internet forgets, and maybe it will, maybe it won't. It'll be something to see. But as we've kind of all talked, I don't, we don't think that. They're gonna, you know, recant their pick anytime soon. But let's uh, let's go to the good stuff. We did draft a particular favorite coyote of all time, Sun today. Grandy, if you want to announce who it is, thirty seventh overall. With the thirty seventh overall selection, the coyote select Josh. Beautiful. Dome. I mean, Just absolutely. Feel free. Your tears days. flow. We all. Oh, I did. We we all wanted Josh Stone to be taken by the Coyotes. 
we all wanted this to happen. This is something we talked about. I think on this pod, even as a, it's just special. It's just special watching your franchise legend nearly breaking down in tears from this. One of my favorite pieces of it is Don finds out they're drafting his son, and he's all smiles, and he's up and shaking hands and hugging. And as he's doing that, you see GMBA pulling out a jersey and unfolding it, and it already has Don on the back. So this was obviously something that they knew they were doing the whole time. It's just, it was awesome. It was it was an awesome thing to experience, and it's going to be awesome. He's a sun devil. He's a Yeah, he's from boy. there. He's playing in the backyard, and now he's playing for the team he grew up cheering for. Absolutely just a beautiful storyline. I'm a sucker for it. not going to lie. I mean, Doan is, to say that Doan is the Coyotes, I mean, is that not the most true statement you could ever think of? I mean, he is the Coyotes. You, Captain Coyote, we've all just gushed. I think we all have Doan jerseys, actually. I'm pretty sure we all own at least one. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, and to see his son, the guy that did more for our franchise than anyone else, get his son drafted by the team he you know, stuck by on is just is poetic. I mean, truly one of the best storylines of this NHL draft. And I'm excited for it. Truly. And he's a Sun Devil, which is even better because that program is really growing and it's been fantastic hearing Toronto have to cry that Desert Hockey's working as they keep drafting Scottsdale locals. But it's fine. I'll let them pretend that Arizona hockey doesn't work. But Yep, and then obviously uh, Shane works for us now. and. Uh, my favorite part of the whole thing was when he ended up calling his boy and told him that, you know, he wasn't even in the room for the conversations about this draft pick or, you know, anything like that. And, you know, obviously the scouts and everything and, you know, GMBA had the belief in him. Um, obviously, you know, the name does carry weight, but um, I can't remember who said it. It wasn't GMBA, but it was one of the scouts that, that uh you know, you are a Doan, but you are Josh. That, that's why we wanted you. So, um, beautiful. Just, just extremely excited for this. I, I know we did talk about this and hit on it in an early episode, somewhere around the four to five range. Um, you know, during the actual season and everything like that. I believe it was, uh, you know, one of the shows right after we found out that we were losing draft picks and stuff like that. But, uh, you know. Couldn't be happier. This is obviously great for PR, great for the state of Arizona as far as a hockey community. Um, but, you know, when you hear those sentiments and everything like that, um, it wasn't just a decision based off of, you know, just because it was Shane's son or just because he was local and homegrown. Like, we, we had people in that building, multiple people believed that he deserved to be here. And we had a plan. We went and executed it. And the feel-good stuff is, uh, you know, just a bonus at this point, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing. Um, sounds like he's been, you know, growing, bulking up a little bit. Uh, that was the knock on him was that he was always kind of small, but been hitting a growth spurt lately. And, can't be more excited for him. Can't wait to watch him play for ASU and, you know, eventually, uh, you know, Don the Coyotes crest uh, logo, uh, whatever our logo might be, you know, by the time he hits. But, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be good time. Hopefully a new one. Hopefully a brand new one. That'd be pretty awesome. Something new, a new era, maybe a new arena, maybe in Tempe, maybe, maybe. 
Yep, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like 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 you said, it's not a freight train coming at us anymore. It's yeah. the, there's uh, actually you know an exit to this dark hole that has been coming for a while. So um, I'm excited about it, though, man. Obviously, um, gut gushing about it, and you know just uh, just the storylines behind it, and just can't wait to see them pan out, and you know eventually wear our sweater. So. It's just and another thing to add, if I may, just real quick. I mean, when we, well, I mean, really, when we started even talking about rebuild on this this podcast, I mean, did any of us expect one us to realistically Josh to draft Josh Doan and also have a first round pick? I mean, just to, a quick aside of how well so far we're going to get into it more. How well this draft went? Oh no! It was pretty much crazy. all doom and gloom because we were kind of going into it, uh, looking at players that we could move, but you know, didn't necessarily. I mean, obviously markets changed, but there was very few things that we thought we could move for high draft picks. I don't think any of us saw a top ten draft pick, you know. But um, <laughs> GMBA kind of flexed his muscles and took on some money, but you know he he got it done I, I i feel very confident about this and you know it's it's definitely off to a good start and there there is that uh that hope factor starting to come back in so that's all we can ask for at this point it's going to be rough for a little bit and but uh you know there there is a timetable on this thing and you know obviously we've all had dreams of things that might be coming in the next few years and people that we might be able to lure away to come here and uh, I'm, I'm here for all of it man and i think we took some big steps here in the last couple of months and uh, granny while you're putting on your professor granny get up uh what do you think about the josh Doan thing let's finish your thoughts sorry yeah about you. um so oh no we i talked early on but we, i talked about josh Doan and his impact on the franchise and how it meant so much to me Let's now talk about Josh Stone, the player, and what he'll bring to the organization. So Josh Stone is six foot two, and he's growing into that frame, a bit of a late bloomer size wise. But what he brings as a game is he brings a pretty physical aspect. Um, great vision, great hockey IQ, great senses, great work ethic. His skating is not that great he really could he could use some work on that some overhauling on that that's the that's the one thing that could really hold him back as a pro but aside from that he's about everything you'd want in a power forward um just fits a pretty obvious hole he's listed as a center right now i'd have to imagine he plays left wing though and he makes say also i mean the skating part. I mean, he's going to play for ASU, and they—I don't know if they're still going to play in the Big Ten, but last year they played in the Big Ten, so he's playing some legit hockey. So we'll see how he develops. He's only what eighteen, so I mean, he's going to develop. So I'm looking or nineteen. That's right. He's, he's born not- 03, which I don't know how I know that, but I somehow do. So that's right. So yeah, I mean, he's only going to further develop. So really, I'm I'm looking forward to it all around. I mean, it was a good just for all storylines we've mentioned, and just he's a good power forward. We're going to need him uh, moving forward. So now we go on to. Uh, the second second round pick and the third second round pick, we have an Ilya Fedotov and a, I'm going to butcher this, I am sorry, uh, Yanis Moser, Janice Moser. I really, I truly do not know. I'm sorry, folks. Um, well, boys, do you have any current thoughts on these 
brand new coyote pups, I guess we can call them. Grandy, especially you, what's your professor Grandy get up? Yeah, so we'll start with Ilya Fedotov. So from everything I've read about him, he's got skill galore. He's a great skater, skill galore, great hands, just everything you could want on the offensive end of the ice. He needs a little bit of work on his off-puck stuff, and that's something you're going to hear about roughly 50% of all young players drafted. They need to work on their off-puck offense. Um, But aside from that, he's a hard worker, but he does have a tendency to take what do you mean by off. That? What does that, what does that actually that, mean? Do you want me interrupting you for a second? Okay. What, what, is, like, what does that mean he just takes, he just stops playing, doesn't do as well, takes breaks? Like, I, I just want to understand personally. Well, you, you can tell when a player is not given full effort out there. Um, it's pretty plain as day. That's what, in, when a player plays hard 90% of the time and then takes 10% of the shifts off, it's pretty noticeable. I will say that's a pretty common issue, though, with a lot of players, not just skill players. Um, it's hard to go 100%, 100% of the time. But he's definitely a boom or bust pick. He'll either make the top six or he'll be a bust and never play an NHL game. Um, and honestly, that's exactly what we need. It's We don't need somebody who's a safe, solid double. We need a home run. So I don't mind taking that risk, especially in this draft, especially when you have these issues in our prospect pool like we do. Um, I think, I think it's a great pick personally. I'm really excited to see him develop. Uh, hope he moves up the, the Russian leagues this year. Um, did you guys have anything you guys wanted to add? Yeah. Do you want yeah. me going first? Oh yeah. Go ahead. Or second. Yeah. Um, well, as a part-time Red Wings fan, I do kind of like Russian players. Not sure if you've heard of, you know, Russian five, Datsuk, all that. So I hope he works out just cause I think Russian players are really cool. Um, but like you said, I mean, I, I'm definitely okay with, especially this early in our rebuild, taking a chance for a home run. We're swinging a bit too hard. I'll, I'll take the chance. You know, maybe he will develop, and it, I'd rather have the risk-reward to me right now, the way we're playing it, with the amount of chips we have for next season, uh, next draft, excuse me. I think it's okay to kind of swing kind of hard this time, personally. That's really all i got to really say about Fedotov. Uh, Chase, what do you think? Yeah, and I, I agree with uh, both your points, both your guys' points on that. Um, obviously, when you can add <clears throat> his ceiling type of skill and obviously speed, um, you know, that's kind of the way that the NHL is going, um, at least is, uh, you know, what my thoughts are. Um, but definitely has, uh, from what I've read, the the ability and all the uh, you know, buckle up a few things as everybody does. But um, I'm excluded too. We we've got a lot of mid round picks that GMBA has has recouped here in the next couple of years. Uh, so I, I like this swing a lot. I think it'll 
pan out. I really do. Um, but, you know, um, only time will tell. But as of today, it's looking a lot brighter than it was a couple of weeks ago. So that's pretty much all we can ask for at this point. And I think, you know, the ceiling on this player, if, if he continues to develop, is a very, very good top six, uh, you know, player for us. So um, let's hope it trends that way and, you know, get rocking and rolling. I agree. Our futures, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just the, if you would have told me a month ago, just, I mean, we would have had a first round pick and all that. I wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, how the heck did he pull it off? But he did it. And GMBA, I absolutely trust. Now, the rest of these picks here, we have, um, again, I'm assuming Yanis Moser. Uh, then we have Emil Martinson, all that stuff at the 60th and the 107th. Uh, Grandy, this is where you might take over here and let me know. Uh, is there any one of these picks that you're jazzed about? Maybe the 139th pick, perhaps? Well, let's, let's, talk, let's talk through these picks real quick. So, Yanis Moser, we just talked about how Fedotov, or uh, I just butchered that. I'm just going to say Ilya. <laughs> Ilya was a home run pick. Yanis Moser is that nice, solid, safe double. He's a meat and potatoes defenseman. He's a good two-way, good skating, good acceleration defenseman. Um, makes good passes, safe passes, but he's not going to get a lot of points because he doesn't do the high-risk passes to create offense. Um, but, yeah, he's a nice, solid double. He's older. He's 21. So he's... I think he was the oldest prospect in this draft, actually. But you can definitely tell his game has grown leaps and bounds. And he'll probably be ready to jump into the NHL before a lot of these other picks are. For sure. Good Um. As far as who was the next uh, guy? should be Emil Martinson at 107. Uh, Emil Martinson Lillab. He's a physical, big defenseman. He's never going to be a points guy again, but he's a physical, big defenseman. Both these guys are probably bottom pairing guys with Moser maybe being able to play the second pair. Uh... Martinson Lilberg is potentially a better version of Labushkin. I'll take that. That's pretty good. Um, hey, Grandy, like in your opinion, though, like on these, especially on these like middle to late round picks, obviously, um, how big is it? You know that we've, uh, you know, kind of had this scouting team assembled. Obviously, it's not a ton of action since we've assembled it, but. Uh, obviously, kind of alluded to the um, you know the track record of the scouts that we have brought in. Um, I mean, that kind of gives us a little bit more hope as far as you know some of these more of these guys panning out than we've had in the past, right? Like, I mean, they've obviously seen done and you know had successes. So, I mean, every scout has some failures, but I mean, there there is cause for uh, you know hope here, right? Like, I mean, these guys we wouldn't have picked these guys or you know anything like that unless they had you know seen something in them oh absolutely one thing we talked about off pod was how 
we really seem to focus on European prospects this draft, and that's not something I think we've ever been exactly. able to say before. The scouting process in this draft, this draft's an outlier because the scouting was never going to be ideal with this draft. Just the scouting process itself, I am extremely excited to have five second-round picks and whatever we do with those five second-round picks in next year's draft when we're going to have a full another year in a relatively normal year to scout them again. Um, it's going to be great. I'm the, the scouts is something I've waxed poetic about a lot because I think it is so crucially important. That's how you build a solid foundation we keep talking about. I mean, several times in the pod, that, since we've started it, really, since, what was it, February, we've talked about how we don't have a solid foundation. Our foundation's full of cracks. Well, scouting and how GMBA is doing it is how you get that foundation. Uh, would you be in agreement, boys? You think, think I'm oh, right yeah, here? I mean, you can go out and sign players and all that good stuff, but at some point you have to hit on these draft picks and, um, you know, they might not play the biggest roles or, you know, anything like that, but having a few, having a few triples to home runs and, you know, adding pieces to that. I mean, I mean, look at there, there's examples all over the league, but, uh, you know, success, you, you have to have, you have to knock on these draft picks, man. Well, using examples all across the league, we've talked about this before. Name me a good team that's built through free agency. L.A. Rams. I, I, uh, in hockey. Can't think of one, then. Because there's really not any. You have to overpay to get free agents, so you're eating up a large part of your cap. Then you have to hope that they click as well with your system. It's just a bigger gamble, almost. It's a mess than it is to draft, almost. It's yeah, it's got to come through the draft. Even if you build your team through trades, how you're pulling those trades off is through the draft and getting prospects. You need to hit on draft picks, absolutely. Hopefully, I mean, this definitely seems to be. I guess, Grant, you probably know more than me, but is this the best scouting core you've probably ever had in our entire history? I think so. I know the stories from the Don Maloney days, like we had one total scout to do all of Europe. So essentially would just throw Europe away. We wouldn't draft any of the prospects from it because you never got a good enough scouting there. Um, One of the most famous examples of that is drafting Christian Fisher over Sebastian Alba. That turned out pretty good. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's just this. I would definitely say this is the best scouting staff we've had. The most we've put into the scouting staff we've had since Coyotes have been in Arizona, and probably even before that. Honest, I. Yeah, it seems like it seems like our owners. I mean, it's probably the best. Well, obviously, it's the best owner group we ever had. But it seems like when Mister Moyo said that. That famous t-shirt they sold us sure is heck want to win. Obviously, it wasn't that trying to be, you know, PG for the pod. I think, although we've had some missteps here and there, especially from front office-wise, that he's, he's meant that promise. I mean, when you invest in scouting, scouting core, excuse me, like we have, and making opening the wallet to 
deadweight contracts, it, it definitely proves that we're we're out here to win it. Oh yeah, and I'm excited. I know this year's going to be hard to watch. I know we're going to be probably a little more inebriated than usual, but knowing we're rebuilding and building to a brighter future, to, at least to me, it won't sting as bad. And I honestly think we'll probably be a little bit more competitive than a lot of people will give us credit for. But, um, you know, obviously I know, I think right after we started the pod is when that uh, article in The Athletic came out and we, we've cracked some jokes uh, of some stuff that, uh, you know, that was in that and um, had some feelings and everything like that. But but I will say I agree, um, you know, ownership has installed the correct people to make some decisions to build the on-ice product, and <clears throat> that is definitely an improvement for sure. Um, obviously, you know, time's going to tell, but... Um, I, I, I really do feel like that, that between the GM um, and the, the scouting that we have assembled, that this, this thing is going to turn around and get in the right direction. And makes me really excited for the future here five you know, years down the road, see where we're at. Um, but uh, definitely agree there. Grady? Yeah, so uh, where was I with the prospects? We did take a tangent. Uh, you're actually about to get to Rasmus Koronen. Koronen? Koronen? I need a pronunciation guide as soon as possible. He's, he's the goalie. The goalie. We're probably... Um, so Koronen is a big goalie who... I've read conflicting reports on, and this is... This again just goes to show draft. It's it's an incredibly weird draft. But I've seen one report that says one of his biggest strengths is rebound control. Then I have read another report that says, well, his rebound control is so bad hmm, we don't know if he'll ever make the big leagues. Uh, it's just, but he's a big body goalie who moves well and recovers well. So. The hope is, is if that rebounding thing is indeed an issue, get him in the hands of a professional NHL goalie coach, and that helps fix it. And if it's not an issue, then we have a big goalie who could easily be Ilya Prosvetov's backup or even 1B in a couple of years. And a really cool name. And is a really cool name. Chase, do you have anything to say about our new goalie, Rasmus Koronen? Koronen? I don't know. I'll, I'll get it right eventually. I don't know when I will, but eventually. I honestly don't um, have anything more to add because, like Grandy had alluded to, I, I tried to read a couple articles on all of our draft picks. and uh, um, After, it's just, there's just so much out there conflicting and, you know, all that stuff. So. Um, Grandy's probably going to have to take point on a majority of these. I'm, I'm trying to get more into like you know the 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 system and as far as uh, you know watching different hockey and stuff like that. But um, honestly, with this one, I, I I agree. It's just uh, you know there's there's one story that says that you know obviously his size and everything like that. He has all the physical. Um, specs that you want in a goalie he's large takes up a big chunk of the net but 
And then you get down to like the skill level and nobody can agree on it because, you know, there's not very many games to go on this last year. So um wish I had a bigger opinion of it, but when I was reading, you know, it's pretty much inconclusive at this point. Our next one, our next prospect. Oh, um, Before mm-hmm. I get to the next one, I'm going to say this. We're just going to be honest here. I can't find anything on Cal Thomas oh, or Samuel Lipkin. Literally has nothing anywhere. Um, the only thing I know about Cal Thomas is he's from about 20 minutes from where I live. And Lipkin, we actually, like, we weren't supposed to have that pick. I think we traded Montreal. No, the Samuel Lipkin. Yeah. That Samuel Lipkin pick. So we traded with Montreal at the last second to get that last pick in the draft. So, yeah, I, I haven't. Must be something special. Hopefully. It's the equivalent of uh, Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL. So, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, hey. Uh, there was there was one there was one pick after. Oh, that. okay. I thought it was the last pick in the draft. That's my bad. Yeah, well, hey, second to last. He's not Mister Relevant, I guess. So he must be something. If they traded for, I'm assuming he's some kind of underkind or something. But well, yeah. I'm mean, Craig Morgan. Craig Morgan in this story he wrote afterwards said this was a guy scouts really liked, and this was a guy they were kind of banging the table for. So. When it became clear he wasn't going to get drafted, GMBA traded a future seventh to come back into the draft. And it's a nice little thing that keeps your scouts motivated that says, hey, look, you do good work for me. I'll make sure I take your guys. That's so, Grandy, like, what's the, what's the process there? Like, I mean, um, or I mean, like, why wasn't he? Why do you think he wasn't on boards? Like, I mean, is he like one of the like the younger players? Like, I mean, do you know anything about that? Nope. Okay. Nope. It's as it like I said. It's as simple. I think it's as simple as the guys who are in the public sphere weren't scouting him. Yeah. So, I really, think it's that simple. Okay. Um. In the public sphere, you generally have one guy running a site, so they might only scout a hundred guys or so. Sure. So that's why we don't see anything on these guys. Um. But yeah, that's it's always a possibility. But yeah, like I said, I just wanted to say we're really not going to touch on those two prospects as a result. If I can't find info on them, I don't want to even speculate on them. So, at the end of the day, they're sixth, seventh round picks. They're lottery tickets. If they ever make the NHL, it's a huge benefit. If they don't, well, hopefully they're depth on your AHL team. You still need that, too. But, let's get back to your most excited prospect. Our fifth round pick. Our fifth round pick, Mannix Laundry. Landry. This Landry. This guy seems This guy seems poised to be a breakout candidate out of a fifth round pick. Everything you want to hear 
you everything you want to hear about a guy that needs to fight against the odds, you hear about this guy. He forechecks, he backchecks, attacks with energy, doesn't give up. Until he doesn't give up until he's secured possession. Launches himself at puck carriers two, three times if needed. His game is very inside driven. With his offense, he tries to get to the front of the net and score. And when he doesn't have the puck, he'll cut to the middle of the ice and try to get the and try to get the scoring opportunity that way. Um, he's an incredibly hard worker. He sticks out. As, I mean, there's another prospect on his team on his line named Zach Dean, and. I've seen multiple people say that when you actually watch the games, and not just highlight reels, but when you actually watch the games, Mannix sticks out far more often than Zach, Zachary Dean does. Dean has the skill, Dean has all of that, so he was going to be the first guy taken from the team. But... It just, it seems like he is custom made to break out. I am absolutely in love with this draft pick. He, I've seen comparisons to Philip Dunol. I've seen comparisons to Brad Marchand. I've seen a word get used to describe him that you don't see used very often and that with his defense, with his takeaways, he's almost Datsukian. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> everything I've seen about him dreams that he could very easily be a breakout player. So do you see him like kind of having like the same type of trajectory as like kind of like I mean, not to like push it to like our organization or anything like that, but um, is he like the Garland type of player where we we've kind of like alluded to Marshawn two point like from what you've gathered and what you've read? Uh, his offense is probably capped. Okay. Well, he's got soft hands and good hands. It's not great. Sure. And his skating isn't the strongest. He's a good skater, but he's not a great skater. So when you're five foot eleven, usually you need to be a good, a great skater to be consistent offensively. Right. Okay. But he has all the tools there to be a middle six center who chips in a little bit offensively, kills penalties, defends four checks, and just irritates the hell out of you. Just tenacious. Oh, Alright. I, I like it. So he's the uh, he's your new one, right? Your top? Well, besides the, you know, obviously. He, he's pretty close. I mean, my favorite prospect right now in our pool is um, Gunther, but... Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. He's the first round pick. He's the sexy pick. And then of course Doan, and then of course Yannick and Hayton and all of them. But 
I've always liked having a guy that isn't the lock, isn't a lock that I can kind of stick my flag in. I did it with Yannick back in the day, and I'm doing it with him. Oh, the fan club has changed. Just something to prove. I, I like it. For sure. So, um, call me, call me the fan club because I will start it. I will open it. Mannix Landry fan club leader. <laughs> so, I do you got do you boys have any more questions about his game, anything like that? I, or I do actually. What's the one trait? If you had to pick just one thing about him that makes you the most excited out of all the things you listed, what is it? What's the peak thing? The S tier thing you're most excited for. His aggressiveness and willingness to attack the puck carrier at all times. Um, there was a um, I have a thread on my Twitter page about that has everything I could find on this guy. I'm that excited Your about him. Tweet, right? At Grandy zero nine nine, go peep it. Yep. And I will, I'll share this from the pod account too, if you don't follow me. Um, but if you don't follow me, why not? Give him a follow. But there's some, there's some videos on, in this thread where Zach Dean turns over the puck and then just kind of gives up on it. And as the team's racing down the other way, Landry comes out of nowhere and disrupts the pass or just straight stick lifts and steals the puck back away. There's two, three instances that it's shown on here where just his intensity and his aggressiveness, it's like he's always at 11. And that is what you need if you're going to break out as a fifth-round pick. I absolutely love this kid. And like I said, even though there's guys that because they're the sexy picks, they're going to be above him. This this guy is the one I'm planting my flag in as he's going to make the NHL. I am very confident in that he's going to make the NHL. Maybe it's just a fourth liner, but a fourth liner that plays like this, you need those types. Yep. Um, sure. You got me excited about him. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm like, <laughs> come on, let's hurry up. Get over here. I'm ready to see him play. <laughs> He's going to be years away. He's going to take his two years in junior. And then a lot like Garland, he'll probably be two years in the AHL before he gets called up. Dang, it's so long away. Unless he <clears throat> absolutely amazes at a prospect camp. I love that two-way thing, though, man. Like, I mean, having the ability to chip in a little bit on the offensive end. But uh, just like relentless puck pursuit, that, that, that excites me. And the thing that uh, kind of caught my attention the most was like the statement that you said, Grandy, where, you know, he'll go after him and bump him up, you know, two or three times if that's what it takes. Um, you know, just does never give up. Kind of uh, that, that side of thing almost kind of reminds me of like, uh, you know, like a Bergeron type player. Um, and we all know of the success that he's had. And, um, you know the type of player that, uh, or the type of commitment that that takes, and that, that's just that's awesome. I'm I'm happy that uh, you know we have, you know, somebody like that. That uh, you know, if he 
continues to work and continues to, uh, you know, cone his craft that, uh, you know, we might have something like that on our hands in, you know, what, four or five years. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a long ways away. And in the in most cases, I'd say it's a long shot that he makes the NHL. He's a fifth-round pick. It's If you hit one of these every three, four years, you're hitting way more than anyone else. Um, but I feel very confident that because of that motor, because of that intensity, because of that work ethic, because of that IQ, I truly think he's going to make the NHL. Um, I will tweet out both from my personal account and from the pod account, the thread I'm talking about, and just go through it. I have a thread in there from a scout that tweeted it out and tweeted out all of these comparisons. And go through these, go through his tweets, go through his threads. Look what he says about Landry and look at the videos he has. It's, it's incredible. This just watching him play makes you want to run through a brick wall. Uh, it's sounds exciting. I don't, I've never been this excited for a late round prospect since Yannick, who still hasn't made the NHL. So I guess you could say that hasn't been that long. But even Yannick, he played. Yannick was sexy. Yannick is a goal scorer. Yannick is a power forward. This guy is just. If he makes a team, he's going to be that guy that is an instant fan favorite, even if he doesn't provide much in offense. That's good. He's a fan favorite. I think, I think his ceiling would be, like I said, a second, third line center. Um, but I would be incredibly surprised if he doesn't make it as at least a fourth liner. That sounds good to me. Exactly what you need. Can't all be first liners. All right, if that's... Uh... If that's the Mannix Landry talk, um, <laughs> what do you guys think of our draft? If you had to give us a single letter grade, don't you know, don't uh, go crazy on it. What do you guys give us? Uh, I yeah, go ahead. It's really tough to say anything other than incomplete because it's like I said, you just don't know enough about these guys this year. But if you had, to. but but. With the guys we did get, and considering I just went on a five-minute uh, tirade, rant, rant uh, yeah, about a fifth-round pick, I think I'd have to give it an A. I don't know if I could go all the way up to S, but an A. Um, it really is. If, if I can have that kind of a rant about a fifth-round pick, it, it was an incredible draft. Thanks. Uh, well, <clears throat> hmm. considering where we were sitting just a mere couple months ago and probably having to grade this thing out as a D or an F, um, and all that we've accomplished between now and then, I find it hard to give us the S or superior status 
but I'd have to go probably A minus um, to a top tier B, um, just because you know obviously the points that Grandy alluded to. This is just such a strange year, um, but you know considering the fact that not too long ago we had none draft capital and then all of a sudden we had pretty much a bounty of it. Um, I, I'm excited, um, you know, from what I've read on uh, most of our picks, I'm excited um, from hearing Grandy um, on the Landry topic. Obviously we've got a lot of uh, boomer bust potential uh, with uh, the Russian as well um so yeah i mean all things considered i i mean yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with a a minus to you know somewhere in that mid a tier um i'm definitely excited and can't wait to you know kind of watch these guys develop definitely gonna you know watch a little bit more minor league junior you know type stuff in the coming years and kind of get well-versed on these guys, but um, it's definitely a lot brighter outlook than I had not so long ago. So uh, definitely excited. How about you, Tyler? Honestly, you took the words as you often do right out of my mouth. So I try and jump to second sometimes. I know you're going to say close to what I'm saying. <laughs> Most of the times I'm like, I got to jump in sometimes. Um, but yeah, I say it just pure letter grade. I'm going to give it an A minus, not because I don't believe in many of these, but I mean, I just hope – my hope is to all make the NHL. I hope every single one of them hits the potential they have, especially the wunderkind uh, Samuel Lipkin down there. I especially hope that he somehow he makes it. But, I mean, drafting your franchise hero's son, getting this ninth overall who could have been a second overall uh, – yeah, second overall pick, that definitely bumps it up. If Again, as I've said a couple times now, I mean, you told me a couple months ago, this would be our draft. I'd have been like, oh, wow, what kind of universe are you living in? Uh, GMBA has absolutely turned around what was a doom and gloom rebuild into a, okay, this will kind of suck. But at the end of this, we're going to be really dang good. A wagon, if you will. And I'm, I'm excited for it. So, yeah, I'm going to give it an A- minus uh, for sure. But uh, I guess to, well, actually, uh, we all know besides Stone and uh, Genther what Brandy's pick is. But Chase, is there any one of these... Uh, draft picks that you want to see make the NHL personally? Uh, obviously, you'd like to see them, like you alluded to, all of them make it, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, this type of business is just usually not in the cards or never in the cards. But um, if I had to hone into one, oh, man. I feel like Gunther's going to make it. I feel like Doan's going to make it. I feel like... I feel like Ilya. That's that's the one that I want to break through. Um, I, I like the flashy, you know, play that he can bring. Um, I like fast, highly skilled hockey. Um, it's exciting to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we end up on the boom on the side of that pick instead of the bust. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as that goes, he's probably the one that uh, I, I would circle there. That sounds, yeah. I'm Fedotov, well, also just a cool last name, as we've said before. Um, I'm going to say either him 
or Rasmus. I think this is also a cool name. But I, I don't know. Goalies are cool. So with that, and for me, oh yeah, go ahead. For me, um, so I won't say because I obviously from what I just did, it's Mannix Landry. So I'll treat him like Doan and Gunther as they're off limits. You can't take him. So, again, it's Ilya. It's the Russian. It's You want that boom to happen. You want to see that skill make the team. Give me the home runs. Yeah, give me the home run. Let's do it. I don't know. I feel good about him, too. I mean, especially... I said, I, I think I have trust in GMBA more than I have trust in myself making decisions at this point, to be honest with you. I would hope so. I mean... With a jawline like that, who who could argue? <laughs> mega chat over there, leading the Coyotes. We, I would hope so because we can't have a team of Antoine Vermettes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, a snowman named Pierre building it either. <laughs> hey, look, Pierre the Snowman has a special place in Coyotes fans' hearts. He does. I just had to. Uh. Uh, oh man, my editing job then, just took a lot longer now. I just had to find some way to get Pierre and Vermette into that statement. I know Maguire's in Ottawa and stuff like that. It had nothing to do with the snowman, but oh, man. I had, to, had to wrap that all in there. If I don't get roasted on the pod, do we actually have a podcast? I don't think we did. I think that's one of the staples. As of my great intros, time it releases, and you know, like the minutes and time zones and stuff, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, all mine, I think. Oh, and don't forget replacing the film sessions with just playing <laughs> five. <laughs> what? Replacing film sessions with just playing Dragon Look, Quest if five. we did that, if we did that, honestly, the Coyotes would be the biggest wagon in I don't know how long. I mean, oh that's clearly the, the, the X factor in all things. But... <laughs> With that said, boys, uh, are we ready for my question of the week? I am. One day I'll get dramatic music or something to play over this. Whenever I figure all that out in my editing skills. Bum, bum, bum. There we go. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, so, you. if you guys were to play some NHL 3s in real life, 3-on-3 three three hockey, with yourself, an NHL mascot, and a current coyote, who is your team of dreams? Chase, I'm going to throw you under the bus first. <laughs> um, hmm. All right, so it's going to be myself. Uh, Got to pick a mascot, too. There's only one mascot answer. Come on. No, I see. Yeah. I know. I, I, I was going to try to steer away see? from it. but We try originality obviously. in this pod. I'm going Howler, obviously. Okay, I mean, the I see pick. Yeah. And current Coyote. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going Clayton Keller, bro. Gotcha. Uh, it's between him and Chikrin, but actually, no, I'm going to change that to Chikrin. I need, I need somebody on the defensive end that you like can save play D? Have you seen him play uh, Chell on Twitch? He plays pretty good defense. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, he does. He's pretty. He's pretty good, actually. I like watching. Dang. I watch their streams. I don't know why I keep doing it, but I, I watch their streams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to say Keller for the offense, but I feel like Chick can generate that from the back end as well and, you know, save my butt a few times. And, you know, so I'm going to go Chick. All right, Grandy. Well, I'm the defender, so I don't need to worry about that. I'm taking Keller as my coyote. Okay. Then I'm taking the obvious mascot. I'm taking the big orange lovable yep, ball of chaotic energy <laughs> that is gritty. Oh man, they turned that mascot around. I mean, when he was announced, no one liked him, but then they really just embraced that. By the way, great marketing on the Flyers. Gritty, gritty was he my second really one. He is chaotic that. energy. Mm-hmm. No, he really is. He really is. Gritty is like waking up with a hangover after just, you know. All right, Granny, we'll explain uh, your choices. Keller for the offense. I've always been a better defender than offensively whenever I play. And then, like I said, Gritty. It's Gritty. Do I really need to give an explanation there? Actually, yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear your explanation. I know we all know, but let's hear it anyway. <laughs> Gritty will cause such havoc and mayhem in the game that Keller's going to have all room to score, and I can just hang back by the goalie, ha- chatting it up and having a good time. That's true, and occasionally doing a couple checks here and there just for good measure. Just for good measure. That sounds good. Okay. Well, obviously me, and then... I won't choose Chance. I think that is one of the worst mascots I've ever seen in my entire life. That is just, I don't know. I mean, I know Gritty looks weird, but at least Gritty has that personality now, so I can kind of be okay with that. But Chance, I, I really don't like him. Not not a fan. I know he keeps winning a lot of those like mascot polls or whatever, but I, I don't know. I'm not into it. I'm probably going to go with... I kind of like the Shark's mascot. I don't know his name. I want to say Sharky, but that's probably wrong. I like the way he looks. I don't really don't know his name, though. Truly. Uh, so I'll probably go with him. I think he's a cool-looking guy. And then my current Coyote. I don't want to go with Howler because, you know, Homer pick. But, uh, man, I was going to go Keller, too. Um, I can't say Antoine Vermette. So I guess I'm going to have to go with... Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll go with Chikrin, too. I'm not... Uh, I, I played... Midfield and lacrosse, but I was never a face-off guy. I just don't have that kind of thing. So he's definitely going to need more defense. And I feel like Sharky's kind of a defensive guy, so I hope we'll just kind of go with that. We'll just be a wall, hopefully, and figure it out from there. Been a while. So I- you're going to be the Seattle crack. Yep. You won't score, but won't get scored you're going to shut them out. Exactly. Who is your goalie? Actually, here's, let me add a twist to it. Your goalie can come from any point in Coyote's history. So who would your goalie be? Sean Burke. Who? Sean Burke. Sean Burke. Chase? Yep. I'm going to go with the Boo and Wall. Oh, I was going to say, that's not the dictator you chose. That was, uh, what was his name? Jovo. Jovo. That's what it was. Jovo Cop. That's what it was. Oh, God. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Kemper. He's still one of my favorites. I really am a huge fan of him. He's probably the one I'm going to be most sad to leave, see leave whenever he is traded. So I'm going to go with Kemper. Big fan. That's, that's going to happen, buddy. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm embraced myself, so I'm, I'm ready for it. I may cry a bit, but not too long. Oh, I'll, I'll be right there with you. He's he's right up there with Garland for me. Love so it. it's going to be a sad day, but he's he uh he single-handedly kept us in a bunch of games so oh it's gonna several be a tough times. one to look. several times he's stolen a couple of games it, the thing is too with my pick like blue heavy blue is the best goalie in coyote's history he's probably who i should have gone with but Sean Burke, people forget how good he was. And oh, really, if Sean Burke was on better teams, he would have been known as an elite goalie of his time. I will hold that and take that with me. I struggled to pick between was, Bulin and Smith just because Smith got us so far on our deepest playoff run. But I just feel like the Bulin wall was, you know, longer longevity and, um, you know, just. Just an amazing tender. And I, no, the Bullen wall probably the correct pick, but I just, I love Burke. Actually, it's not the correct pick. I just, it hit me when you guys were talking about your picks. I changed my mind. Kemper, I love you, buddy, but you're benched. <laughs> Ilya Brizgalov, but he's mic'd up. Yeah, the entire time. He's mic'd up the entire time. No bleeping for curse words. He's allowed to speak Russian if he needs to. We'll have a translator on site in this crazy game of threes. That's what I want. And all the vodka he wants. Yeah, all the vodka Why he you wants. Why are you mad? It's just game. Exactly. He's going to be great. He'll be like, why is Shark on ice? Like, it's going to be fantastic. I, I, I can't wait for this. That, that's what I want. Sorry, Kemper. Love you, but that's my pick. And with that, boys, is there any final thoughts before we send these good people on their way? No, just that. As a message to Coyotes fans from somebody who's himself hurting from the Garland trade, I understand the pain. I understand the frustration. All I'm saying is I ask you to give this rebuild a chance. It truly feels different. It really does. Um, and there's more pain coming. We're going to be bad for two, three years. Uh, we're going to see Kemper traded, and we're going to see him do really well on the new team. We're going to see Garland do really well on his new team. If Dvorak gets traded, we're going to see him do really well on his new team. Don't give up hope. We have to bottom out to become a true contender. Yeah, if we keep these guys around, we can fight for playoff spots. We might even get lucky and go on a run. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have sustained success than one lucky run, personally. Exactly. So we need, it's, it's painful and it's going to suck. But we need to do this to get to that sustained success. GMBA has a plan, he built a foundation, and he pulled one master class. For his first, his truly his first week of the true off season. So have faith. Have faith. 
and be patient. And listen to Chirp and Yodi's podcast. Yep. And listen to the Chirp and Yodi's podcast. And also follow at Grandy, G-R-A-N-D-Y-099 on Twitter. Yep. And because we are going to be here for all of it. We've all kind of been saying it, uh, you know, for a little while now that, you know, we're on board with this and it's going to be a little bit of a painful process. But what AZ Sports scene is not, um, there isn't one, but, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. And, you know, we just want to thank you guys all for listening and tuning in. Uh, whether this is your first episode that you've listened to or if you've been with us all along or anywhere in between, we appreciate you. And this was always the goal. This is a fan-made podcast for fans, so we don't want to do it without you guys. And just thanks a lot, and can't wait to catch you guys on the next one. Absolutely. And thank you, guys. And like they said, keep it right here on the Chirp and Yodis podcast, your probably second favorite behind the Natural Hat Trick podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully have some emergency pods coming up. See you later.